Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun, and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists, and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy, and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. So excited to share today's episode with you on love bombing and setting boundaries early on in the dating stage. But before we get into it, I just wanted to jump on here to give you a couple of my own thoughts before we get into all things therapy with Dr. Terry Mack. And the reason for this is that the more and more I've researched into this topic before, during and after this episode, what I realized was how misunderstood love bombing is. Even for those of us who think we know what it is, we think it's just loads of attention and affection, compliments, expression, communication, dates, love at first sight, early promises, I found my soulmate, being put on a pedestal and so much more. But what I've learned is that it actually goes a lot deeper and it's a big indicator of an abusive relationship. And I think that is what is not discussed about love bombing enough. And it's the most important thing that I want you to take from today's episode. What I've learned as I read more and more literature is that dysfunction and abuse follows love bombing quite quickly after the love bombing stage. And love bombing is not the honeymoon phase. It's not done for your benefit. It's done for the love bomber's benefit. It's so they can get you under their control. And whilst it feels like devotion, attention and love, actually the love bomber is engaging in these loving behaviours for their own personal gratification, manipulation and self-inflation of their ego. And the truth is, is in so many situations, it can be incredibly detrimental to the recipient's mental health because it is often the start of emotional abuse. And love bombing is actually called a weapon of abuse by many psychologists. So when we throw around this term love bombing, we need to understand that it's actually a very serious thing. And it's most often directly connected to personality disorders like narcissism and borderline personality disorder too, although that one is discussed a lot less. Particularly within the remit of narcissism, the problem with love bombing is that these types of people seek to obtain your attention and your affection very, very quickly before actually later tearing you down in the relationship. They might appear perfect, charming, doting and exciting in the beginning, but this will always usually fade away and actually be replaced with emotional abuse. And I'm going to link an article in the show notes on the four stages of narcissism and narcissistic love bombing. So you can understand how love bombing is the beginning of the cycle into devaluing, discarding and then hoovering. For the person love bombing you, love bombing is about winning at all costs and being charming cannot last forever because it is all just part of a big game. 
For many of us, we will have experienced this already. You get love bombed and then they slowly pull away. They slow the messaging. Girl, I have been there. And this is where the whole push and pull dynamic can come in in abusive relationships. Often the person that was initially love bombed in the first place will act out of desperation because all we want to do is return to that pedestal that we were once on. And this is how we get caught in their cycle. We want to get back to those first few heavenly weeks where they cherished you and adored you and everything was perfect. And then we are part of the cycle. So whatever the driver behind love bombing, whether it's a personality disorder or some other motives that we're going to go into in today's episode, what I want you to take from today's episode is that love bombing is always a red flag and it's on you to identify what love bombing is, the signs of love bombing, and that's why we are here to help. So remember, the fine line between emotional immaturity and love bombing, which we're also going to get into in today's episode, is the pressure they apply, the motive behind it, and the way they respond when you push back or set a boundary. If you think you might have been a victim of love bombing, please, please do seek professional help and also head to episode 24 of the Open House podcast where we help you understand how to leave an abusive or toxic relationship. But in short, love bombing is a big fat no from me. I've been there. I thought it was just flirting. I thought it was too good to be true. I'm going to share my story in today's episode. But what I want you to know is that no matter how much love, attention, affection, flirting, compliments and gifts we deserve, receiving them in the form of love bombing is not what we deserve. Yes, you deserve compliments. Yes, you deserve to be the love of someone's life. Yes, you deserve to be worshipped and adored. But these are things that should be built on information that we know about the other. It should be built with someone that has taken an active role in getting to know you. They've taken an interest in your interests and they've taken respect in your boundaries, as well as a curiosity as to why you are setting them. Someone should be constantly seeking out more information about you, how you feel, how you work, and never using this against you. When those foundations are in place, you can then slowly build a partnership where they can fall madly in love with you. If they ask questions just to mirror them back to you and everything seems far too good to be true, there's a chance it might be. If everything they say is perfect and you really think, oh my God, I found my person, it might be too good to be true. If they ask questions only further to later use that information against you down the line, twisting your words to suit their narrative, then again, it's a good chance that it's love bombing. So if you are with someone that keeps telling you wonderful things in the beginning of a relationship, look at the actions behind their words and see what happens when you try to gently set a boundary. Fondness and admiration are the bedrock of a healthy relationship. And that is something that is built on time, depth and knowledge. So the solution as ever is pacing, pacing, pacing. If I was to ever get a tattoo, I'm going to get the word pacing. (laughs) No, I'm joking. But seriously, head over to episode 30 for more on pacing so you can understand what it is and how to activate and implement it. So love bombing is just one way that someone can really take you for a ride and hurt you in the dating stage. And in this week's bonus episode in our open house premium content, me and Dr. Terry Mack go into the 10 other ways that you have an increased susceptibility to getting your time wasted in the dating world, as well as the key ways that other people out there can waste your time and hurt you. We chat through the weak spots that Dr. Terry has seen in her therapy room day in, day out for decades, as well as how to avoid them, the questions to ask, and how to protect your heart as you're getting to know someone. 
to get access to the house and our premium content, which gives you another four to six bonus episodes every month, right to where you stream your open house episodes right now. For just £3 a month, you can join us through the link in the show notes. You also get the ability to ask me and Dr. Terry anything that we answer in a one monthly Q&A episode, as well as getting invite access to our 15 room community group full of 300 incredible humans. Join the house in March and two people will also win a $1,000 bundle of sex toys from Lilo each. Other than that, we're now going to get into this episode with me and Dr. Terry and we're going to ask for a therapist's insight into love bombing. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Please, please forward it on to your girlfriends, to your boyfriends, so we can all just be a little bit safer out here in the dating world. I'll see you on the other side and I love you. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast. And this week I've got Dr. Terry Mack back with us. We are talking all things love bombing and we're talking, are they love bombing or are they actually just in love? Now, before we get into this, there's this really interesting study that was done in March of 2022. Now it was a small scale study, so it wasn't like on millions of people. But in this study, it said that 70% of Americans have been love bombed and 78% of users have been love bombed on a dating app. And if you're dating, considering that this study shows that over three quarters of us have potentially experienced it, I think it's something you need to know about. I'm actually surprised we haven't jumped on it sooner. I know it's just because we have so many things that we always want to talk about. And we have touched upon this in different episodes, but today we are going to get right into this. And when you understand what's potentially going on below the surface of the love bomber, you will understand why more often than not, this is a person or a situation that you very much should be steering clear of. So we get it, right? I'm sure I'm going to share my own experiences with you listening and with Dr. Terry. And I think the most difficult thing about love bombing is that like, until you start doing the work, sometimes it actually can feel good because it's like, oh my God, oh my God, this person, they're really into me. Like, oh my God, they, this might be it. The person that's going to save me and love me and the man I've been waiting for, the woman I've been waiting for my whole life. So as ever, no shame, no judgment in this episode. I've been there. I've been love bombed the fuck out of and I fell for it. I was going to say I've love bombed myself, but I don't think I have. But you know, we're going to get into all of that. So Dr. Terry, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. And I guess first up, let's start with what is love bombing? So happy to be back and so happy to be talking about this topic because it comes up so often, people get so confused. Like, is this love bombing or is this just somebody that's really excited about me? And love bombing is lavishing you with attention and affection, maybe even gifts early on in a relationship, right away. And sometimes the intention is manipulation or control. Not always, and we're going to get into that. But when I think of love bombing, what I think of is like too much, too soon. 
I think that's such a good point. Is this love bombing or are they just really into me? I think that's probably a question that so many people feel. And hopefully by the end of this episode, people will really understand the warning signs. Sometimes before you've done the work, things, it does happen very, very quickly and it's hard to sort of slow it down. I think when you do start to do the work, you start to realize that anything moving at that speed is often coming from like an unhealed place or from a place of attachment trauma. And I guess my question for you is, what is the difference between love bombing and infatuation? You know, that like intense excitement at the beginning. The biggest difference is the motivation of the person. So somebody who is in infatuation or infatuated with you is probably really excited about you, but they're also projecting. Because early on in a relationship, so much of what we see in the other person is projection, especially if we haven't taken the time to really get to know someone. If somebody is love bombing, the intention, again, can often be manipulation. It's not real. It's a way that somebody is trying to reel you in. It's a way that somebody's trying to reel you in, get you hooked, so then they feel that they have control over you in some way. But I also want to say, you know, somebody who's infatuated early on, that's also a warning sign because, again, they don't know you. So like you were saying, pacing, as we talk about all the time, is so important. So if somebody is infatuated with you from the beginning, okay, that may be okay, but are they able to pace things and actually get to know who you really are before saying, I love you, or I've never felt like this before, or I see a future with you? That can be a sign of just emotional immaturity, being naive in relationships and other things like that. That is such a good point because we don't want people listening to this saying like, oh, they didn't ask me to meet their family and they didn't give me a gift, you know, an expensive gift. So no, no, they're not love bombing me. You're so right about even infatuation at the beginning is a warning sign in its own right, even if it's not a warning sign of love bombing and all that comes behind that. And, you know, again, I've been there so many times, but now I always say like, hopefully I never will be, but if I am ever single again and I start dating again, I will take things slower than I have ever taken them. Because what you have taught me is to watch, not expect. And to get to know them, you don't know anything about someone really in the first month, because I feel like you have your game face on, you're putting out the best of you. And so really that point around pacing that, yes, we do talk about all the time, but that I still think does need that repetition for people to really hear it a hundred times to know that, you know, and you're right. I think it's so interesting to understand that even if there is some level of infatuation there, you know, obsession or real, just can't stop thinking about them. And this concept of limerence that everyone's talking about on TikTok, like this, this infatuation piece, the romanticizing, the fantasizing, like you said, it might not be love bombing, but it's actually a sign potentially of that emotional immaturity or just that downright attachment hunger. And I would love it if you could just recap really quickly on what attachment hunger is and why it is that we can meet someone and feel this infatuation that's not love bombing, but is these very, very, very intense emotions that sometimes sweep us away. 
So attachment hunger is when our needs of attachment in early childhood were not met. And so now we are hungry for those needs of security, of mirroring, of attunement in our adult relationships. And so we quickly attach to people if we feel like maybe they can give that to us. And again, that is not taking things slowly and understanding who somebody is. It's quickly attaching yourself to someone, hoping you can get these unmet needs met. And so for those of us who have not worked through our attachment hunger, we are very susceptible to love bombing. We are very susceptible to somebody giving us all this attention, lavishing us with words, which by the way, are very easy, telling us how amazing we are and mirroring back to us how wonderful we are. We are hungry for that. And if we haven't healed that part of us yet, we're going to feel like love bombing is like, finally, I've met this person who can meet all my needs and really sees how wonderful I am. I'm so glad you just mentioned the word susceptible there, because that's literally what I was going to say is like, do you think it's fair to say that the reason we're talking about attachment hunger is because it increases your susceptibility to being love bombed because you're just like wide open the second that any, well, hopefully not wide open, literally, (laughs) I meant emotionally, but you know, um, you're like wide open for any attention coming in from anyone. And it's like, you meet them and you romanticize it and you're like, oh my God, this is it. This is the answer to that cycle that was never, I guess, completed in childhood. So I think, yeah, so important to understand that if you are susceptible or if you have been love bombed, I mean, I've been love bombed, matched with a guy. Oh, I didn't even match with him. I, I met a guy on Instagram and we started DMing and just like the the, the chemistry was just there straight away. And I know the next episode we're going to do is on why chemistry is not compatibility. And I can't wait to get into that with you. But the chemistry was there, like back and forth, so quick. Like he was so cheeky. Like everything he said was flirty. And I was just like, oh my God, like it felt so good. And then before we'd even gone on our first date, he was like, honestly, I think you're my future girlfriend. And I honestly was like, oh my God. Like I was like, yeah, I am. Like this is going to be my boyfriend because you feel it in your body and you get like excited and you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I want people to understand that if you've gone through this, which so many of us have, no shame, no judgment. You know, obviously at that point in my life, I hadn't done enough of the work to understand the importance of pacing and watching and not expecting and really getting to know someone before committing to them emotionally, physically, et cetera, et cetera. So absolutely love that around. It's just as much on us to look at ourselves and how we show up on a date as it is about what they bring to the table. And I think being aware of both sides is how we can best protect those little hearts of ours. Absolutely. And one of the things that we're responsible for is setting boundaries early on. So if somebody is love bombing us and we can get into what that looks like, somebody who is love bombing us is giving us so many easy words of flattery really early on, making these future predictions. They're also really needy. They want to talk to us all the time. They want to see us all the time. And when we set boundaries, for instance, if we say, you know what, this is moving a little bit fast, or, you know, my past relationships have always gone a little bit fast, so I'm trying to slow things down. Or, you know, I need to stay in tonight and be by myself, or I have plans with a friend. When we try to set boundaries, how does that other person respond? Because a love bomber is not going to like it, and they are not going to respect those boundaries, and they will be reactive when we set a boundary. 
And again, it's up to us to to set those boundaries, hold those boundaries and not be taken in by the easy words and attention, right? Because somebody who does have nefarious reasons for love bombing us. So narcissists, sociopaths, they they tend to be love bombers because narcissists don't love. They have a need for control and domination. And so they're going to be really attuned to how well do you set boundaries? How easy is it for them to manipulate you? If you set a boundary and they push against it and you give in, they're going to know, okay, this is someone I can easily control and manipulate and they're going to pour it on thicker. Does that make sense? Total sense. And I think the first thing that I took from you there was this point of easy attention. And I think that it's ties back to the susceptibility point, which is it's so easy to be susceptible to this kind of behavior when we live in a society where our phones are just on the whole time, right? Like if you want to be telling someone what you're doing the whole time, updating your social media, liking their story, replying to their story, et cetera, et cetera, it's very easy to get swept up in that cycle. That was the first thing that I took from what you said there. The second thing was this concept of slowing it down. And I think that's so important because even today, for example, so in the house, our community group, a girl was saying that she's going on a date tonight and they're going for dinner and drinks. And she basically didn't want to do dinner. You know, she's never met this guy before. It was a first date. She didn't feel comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. She felt like she might get tied in. It might not be a vibe. It might not be a spark. And I just replied saying, yeah, so what you say is, thank you. I'd just like to do drinks tonight. I look forward to seeing you. And these are things that I've learned from you as well, is that boundaries don't have to be big, crazy, dramatic showdowns that so many of us have been taught in our childhood that setting a boundary equals like fucking chaos. It can literally be seven words in a conversation and then you just keep moving on with it. So I think that's so important. So I think there's like three key areas that I see people needing help with or asking us for help with. And the first one is like the texting in between dating where it happens really, really quickly all the time. The second one is like the speed between dates. You know, you have a first date, it goes really well. They want to see you the next day. They then want to see you again, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the third one, which is almost the most difficult one, and oh, I feel for you if you can relate to this one, is when you've almost got swept up a little bit in the infatuation or the love bombing and then you've kind of moved down the line with them. Maybe you've been intimate with them. Maybe you've slept with them. And then all of a sudden you want to slow things down, but you can't. So I'd love to just go through like what people could say for both of those things. And I think just as a caveat to this part of the discussion, this is not a way to slow down someone that is love bombing you. Because as we get into this in the rest of the episode, you will see that a love bomber should not be slowed down. That is not the kind of person that you want to be with. We are allowed to change our minds. We are allowed to set different boundaries at different times. And it's our job to communicate where we're at, how we're feeling, what we need. And again, respect is the key word here. If somebody is love bombing you, the way to know if their interest in getting to know you is really genuine is if they respect your feelings and your boundaries. 
That is the quickest way to know. If somebody is head over heels after the first date or the second date, they may be feeling infatuation, which is just a feeling. But the question is, what do they do when you, as a healthier person, try to slow it down, set boundaries, pace it in a more healthy way? What do they do? That is going to tell you who you're dealing with. Somebody who is love bombing you will continue to push or they'll pout or they'll be reactive in some way. They are not going to take it well if you set any kind of boundary, no matter how gently you set it, how kindly you set it, they're not going to like it and they're not going to receive it. Yeah, that's so important. I've read that there's this like misconception that often narcissists end up with really like weak women and men that they can like walk all over. But the truth is, is that often narcissists actually really like strong men and women because it's like even more of a challenge. So I think that's such an important point around, it's not only about being able for you to set the boundary, but it's about learning how to hold the boundary and perhaps most importantly, leaving as soon as that boundary is disrespected or disregarded because that is just going to, in that moment, it shows you what the entire relationship is going to look like. So I think that is so important. Now, before we get into the signs of love bombing, I would love to talk a little bit around the motives behind love bombing. So the first motive is either cultural or emotional immaturity. It could stem from cultural, the cultural background, like this is seen in their culture. People are very affectionate. They're very verbal in their praise. It could also be a sign of someone that is just very emotionally immature or naive. They feel like they meet someone, they like someone, and this is it. This is their person. This is a bad sign, however, because anybody who's emotionally immature isn't going to be able to build a solid, healthy relationship with you. So the first motive is either cultural or emotional immaturity. I think that's such an important one because having lived in Dubai, for example, and even if you just go on TikTok, you see the craziest stories around you go on a first date with a guy in Dubai and they bring you a Dior handbag, et cetera, et cetera. Now, of course, there's probably so much more to it than that and, and potentially signs of love bombing as well. But I think it is interesting to understand how culture and different cultural aspects can play a way in how people... I guess, like date and show affection and the speed of, and things like that. So I guess it's just good to understand that and add it to our list of like things to keep an eye out for, as well as understanding. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline everything else that we're going to talk about in today's episode. Yes, absolutely. The second motive that's common is codependent tendencies. So again, it comes back to things like attachment hunger or someone 
feeling like they need to be in a relationship. So they meet someone they like and they automatically cling to that person. There's a part of them that is unhealed. And so they meet you, they like you, and all of a sudden they're thinking about the future, they're projecting onto you everything they want to see. And this is a sign of somebody that probably dives into relationships over and over again without really assessing compatibility or health of somebody or without really taking the time to get to know who somebody is. A third motive for love bombing could be that somebody isn't really sure about you. And so they apply all these easy techniques, all the compliments, all the words. They might even send you gifts or flowers to keep you on hold because they're not really sure if they're ready for a relationship with you. They're probably seeing other people and they're probably doing this with a lot of other people. So everything they're saying, everything they're doing, again, easy, but not genuine. It's attention, but not intention. Sometimes these people will lavish you with messages and compliments and thoughts about the future, plans for the future, but you don't really see them a lot. And that's a sign of somebody that's just trying to keep you on the line to make sure you don't go away. I think that's such an important point because we talk about it all the time when people give submissions into the open house hotline. They say, oh, he said this, she said this. And it's always future-based. It's always, oh, I want to come and do that with you or I want to take you here. Or, uh, you know, I know one lovely lady said, oh, he wanted to come and help me hang the art in my house. And that feels like obviously such a nice, beautiful, genuine thing, you know, exciting and that someone wants to help you with that. But then he never followed through on that. So I think that like with everything we talk about, it's about watching, not expecting. And like Terry has said, words are the cheapest, easiest thing that anyone can ever give you. So honestly, at this point, I would take every word with a pinch of salt, you know, not to be too skeptical, but I really just think like in the first month or two, you have to take that that step back from the whole situation. And, you know, again, in my 20s, I never did this. I'd be there falling in love two weeks in thinking that this was my soulmate. I can't tell you how many times I think I found my soulmate. But now as a 30-something that's done a lot of therapy, I would just take it very, just very slow, take a step back, help you navigate your own attachment issues and stuff. Yeah. Fourth motive. What have you got for me? Okay. So the fourth motive would be somebody who's trying to manipulate you, take advantage of you, or influence you. And this would be someone like a narcissist or a sociopath, someone who, like I said, doesn't love. You know, people with narcissistic personality disorder, or even people who have a lot of these qualities, even if they're not fully diagnosable, they don't love, they manipulate, they dominate, and they control. That is always their motivation. The problem with this is that narcissists have this tendency to idealize you in the beginning. They put you on this pedestal. They tell you everything you want to hear. And they slowly, slowly chip away at your own sense of self-trust and, and judgment and perceptions. They push against those boundaries. And then when they have you, when you are returning these feelings and they know that they've really got you in their hook, then they devalue you. You go from being way up here on top of the mountain to falling off the mountain. And now you're 
all those things that they said about you in the beginning, none of them are true. You were amazing and beautiful and perfect. And now you're a huge problem. You're too emotional. You're too needy. You're too dumb. No one's ever going to love you. And it's that idealization and devaluation that so many people experience that is so confusing because they don't recognize that it wasn't love. It wasn't sincere and intention in the beginning. It was love bombing. I think that is for me the most important differentiator between the infatuation versus the love bombing is how the love bombing is so often driven by the narcissist or the person with this sort of dark triad of personality traits and disorders. And I guess another motive that's probably really interesting, which I don't know if it classifies in the list that you put together, is this concept of like the dopamine chase, which probably ties in. I mean, it probably ties in for the narcissist too, but I think what I've learned as we research this episode is the infatuation stage can come on really, really strong. It can be driven by that dopamine. You know, we've learned from people on the podcast that the dopamine hit comes not only from getting what you want, but also the anticipation of it. So waiting for the text to come in, the back and forth, and then they go quiet for a bit and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. You know, I think that that infatuation stage can run through very quickly once you've almost like got those hits and you've maybe done the cycle, got the dopamine. And then the reality is, is when that wears off, you can be, you know, someone might be like, oh yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not actually interested in taking this further. Kind of got the flirting, proved that I could get what I wanted, that they're interested in me and, or maybe they even sleep with you or take you out. And and then I think that's when people ghost you or it tailors off pretty quickly. Whereas I think that for me, what you've taught me is that the love bombing is driven often by these more narcissistic personality disorders. And then after the love bombing, instead of it tailoring off, like in the other thing we were just talking about, it moves into this cycle of like devaluation. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from today's episode is that love bombing isn't just a lighthearted, very intense way to start dating someone. It doesn't calm down often after that. It could really lead you into a relationship that you don't want to be in, a toxic relationship, a codependent relationship, even an abusive relationship, which is why I think this is so important, what we're doing today. And I would love to go into some of the signs of love bombing around what people should be looking out for and whether this is in like the first day, the first week, the first month, like, yeah, what should people be keeping an eye open for? So like I said before, the key phrase is too much too soon. So right away, I'm talking first few dates, first couple weeks, they're making projections about the future. They may even be saying, I love you. You're my soulmate. I want you to be my girlfriend. And listen, Many people are susceptible to, you know, if somebody's saying, I want you to be my girlfriend or boyfriend, they may love that because right now in our world, in the world of dating, getting somebody to want to put a label on things is sometimes difficult. But this happens way before they even know who you are. And they may, you know, be lavishing you with gifts. They're lavishing you with attention. They are reactive, especially when you try to set boundaries or you're not available. They do not respect your boundaries. And there's a sense of urgency and neediness. And you feel like you have to really keep keep up with them. You feel pressure, 
even if you're enjoying it, there's this intensity that you feel and you may feel afraid to slow it down. Like you said, Louise, you're scared of rejection. They may use the things that they're doing for you. Like I bought you this, or I took you here, or, you know, I did these things for you. How can you say you don't want to hang out? They're going to use those things against you if you try to slow things down. So it's really that, you know, it's too much too soon, that sense of urgency in the beginning and seemingly acting like they know you and they want to choose you before they really do know you and have spent a lot of time with you. Yes, I love what you were saying about the I love you. So on Love Island UK right now, they've been in there for like two and a half weeks and one of the guys has just said to the girl that he loves her. And now I don't actually think he showed any other signs of love bombing. So I I don't think, you know, I don't think we can just classify that that whole thing as love bombing just because of that one, that one interaction. But I think, you know, that's just, it's just from the outside. Now I've done all the work and worked with you and done this podcast and us, we discuss it in the house as well. We're like, oh my God, that is, you know, no one can be in love with someone after two and a half weeks. And like Dr. Terry said, you don't even know them. You don't even know them. You don't know anything about them. You just know the front that they've presented to you. And I think that's why we keep hammering back to this point of take it slow, slow it down, get to know them. Just don't go to their house for the first four dates, five dates, 10 dates, whatever it is that is required until you start to watch how this person shows up. You know, what happens when the waiter drops his Diet Coke on him or her? You know, what happens when something, you know, a kid is screaming next to you on the bus and you can't get off? You know, these real life scenarios, how how does the person respond? You know, that is what you need to see. And that is why you need to pace it to see the realities of life with someone. And, you know, again, like, you can be excited about someone. You you probably are going to be in that limerence or in that infatuation stage, maybe for a little bit, but it's what you choose to do with it. And even if you sleep with somebody early, make sure that you're communicating. And is this somebody that you can communicate with and respects your boundaries? You know, so it's not just like, okay, we can't make out, we can't sleep together. It's also about, are we developing an emotional connection? Am I really saying how I feel and seeing how this person responds? That's a huge part of pacing. That's a huge way to stay away from love bombing or to chase away a love bomber, you know, by speaking up. How would you go around setting that boundary? Do you need to say why? Like, does it need an explanation? Well, first of all, it depends on how the person responds. So if they are genuinely interested, like, oh, really? Like, tell me more about that. You can share more if you want to. You don't have to. But if someone has a genuine interest in understanding you, then share what you're comfortable with. However, if somebody is pushing against that boundary, being defensive or trying to convince you not to slow things down or not just accepting the boundary the way that you set it, don't go into explaining or justifying. That is a huge red flag and you just need to hold the boundary and probably just move on. In terms of texting, if you're feeling like you're having to text back all the time, an easy way is just to delay 
the amount of time in between texts. So do not text back right away. And if this person double texts you, triple texts you, or seems to be wanting more communication, then you can say, you know, I'm busy during the day, or I don't like to be on my phone all day texting, but we can talk about this when we see each other again. So in terms of texting, that's a good way. I love what you said about how we'll talk about it when I next see you, because I think so many of us are scared of setting a boundary because we're scared of rejection. Now we shouldn't be, because if you set a very gentle boundary and someone rejects you for it, then that's perfect. That's exactly, you know, you found out exactly what you needed to know one week in rather than one year in. But I really love that point around referencing when you're going to see them again. And I think I discussed that with someone this week. It was that you can set a gentle boundary and you can say, really looking forward to seeing you on Thursday, or we can discuss it when I see you next, et cetera, et cetera. So I love that almost like softening the boundary, not that it should need to be softened, but for those of us that are just getting used to setting a boundary, it's easier to just say, the boundary. And then let's discuss it when we next talk, when I see you, really looking forward to seeing you, really looking forward to the weekend. I love that. A healthy person that is interested in you will be as equally interested in your boundaries. They will respect them. And that includes if you set a boundary after the fact. Okay. So I think so many of us like sleep with them or give them a blowjob or something, you know, whether we wanted to in the moment, whether we felt pressured into it, whatever the situations and surroundings of it, sometimes we then want to slow it down, but you feel like once you've been intimate with someone, you can't slow it down. So I was talking to someone about this and I basically just said to her that if that was me, I would say, I really enjoyed X, Y, Z with you. You know, only say that if you actually enjoyed it, don't pretend you enjoyed it if you didn't. So I really enjoyed X, Y, Z with you, but I have a tendency to rush into things really fast when I get overexcited, which again is saying to them, you know, I'm excited by this. And at this point in my life, I'm really looking forward to getting to know someone slowly. And that means learning how to connect emotionally with them as well as, or before physically connecting with them. So I'd really appreciate if the next few times we hang out, we could hang out in the daytime, go for a dog walk, go for lunch, et cetera, et cetera. So what are your thoughts on that? It's fine to set a boundary after the fact, right? You just have to communicate it and you shouldn't feel ashamed that you've done something and then you're backtracking on it, right? Because we should never feel obligated to do anything. Absolutely not. I mean, we are allowed to change our minds. We are allowed to uh, set different boundaries at different times. And it's our job to communicate where we're at, how we're feeling, what we need. And again, respect is the key word here. If somebody is love bombing you, the way to know if their interest in getting to know you is really genuine is if they respect your feelings and your boundaries. Yeah, the speaking up is so important and something that I just never was able to do in my 20s. And, you know, we say it all the time, we're not taught to communicate. And so we go into these dating stages and stuff like that and we don't communicate. We don't share how we feel. So yeah, I think that is the perfect place to wrap up this episode. You know, we've gone through what is love bombing, some of the stats on how it happens, what are the signs of how it happens, what are the motives, the importance of boundaries, the importance of communication, how to communicate that you want to slow things down if things are going a little bit too fast, as well as some of the potentially darker drivers of 
love bombing, things that really, really, really you do not want to be getting involved in. And I think one of my most fascinating parts of this episode, which is why I love doing them with Terry, is that we've also looked at the point around susceptibility. You know, it's not just about the love bomber. It's also about you. It takes two to tango. Thank you to everyone listening. Thank you to you, Dr. Terry, and we will see you all very soon.